Dancing with Gravity, my podcast about seeing life through the eyes of a juggler. My name is Cyril Rabat, I'm your host, and I'm French. I've been a professional juggler for the past 25 years, and this is episode number who gives a fuck. Um, in this episode, I have Kyle Prater on the show, and he has a um, business, and it's... Um, Uh, movie production business and he makes uh, specifically documentaries documentaries about um, athletes but also who whoever goes through challenging times in their life and have to reinvent themselves and I'm really impressed by this guy. He's 26 years old and he's like a force of nature. And maybe you know him uh, from when he was playing in the NFL and he got um, ranked number one wide receiver in 2010. Um, that, I mean, that's just freaking mind-blowing. So he's here on the show talking about his life, what he went through, and most importantly, what he's creating and achieving in present time and his vision for his future, but not only his future, like for the future of the country and humanity, I, I feel. We good now? Yeah, we're good, man. Awesome. Testing, we good in there? We good? Yeah. We good? Testing, testing. Yeah, perfect. All right. <coughs> so, man, Kyle, I wanted to have you on because uh, I want to talk about transition, transitioning. Mm. Yeah. And that's a big, uh, it's a big deal in my life too. And I heard a little bit of your story, but let's take it from the beginning. Like, let's imagine I'm a French guy. I don't know nothing about American football. I immigrated to the states a few years ago and i'm actually just learning now the rules of like what's happening and everything right i have no idea i had no idea that it was huge here in the states and i want to know i want you to tell me you know like a guy that does not know anything about all that what is it that you did well american football uh, i played in the national football league you know which is formerly known popularly known as the nfl um For me, I would call it not for long because, <laughs> you know, my tenure wasn't as long as I wanted it to be. But NFL is an uh, American sport. Um, it's one of the top sports, you know, that is played in, in, you know, ABC, ESPN and NBC, CBS is on all the top networks. It's, a, it's always nationally shown, um, you know, coming from where you're from. I know it's like it's a, a culture shock, you know, coming right. and seeing like these sports and, and how we glorify them. So. With, with so much praise, but, you know, for me being in it, it's not what everybody see it as, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I'm the one living it, so it's definitely a different um, perspective when you're actually going through it. It's not what it looks like on the outside. 
You know, being inside is just did, a little... Did you have a different perspective before you got into it? When you were like a teenager? Mm. Teenager, of course. Everyone sees, you know, in a NFL network or ESPN and see how the glitz and the glamour, but you don't really get the ins and outs as far as the business side of it yeah. until you actually go through it and you're, you know, you're in the NFL and you, you know, have to deal with being undrafted, going through all these injuries. But yeah, that, my, my story is a little bit different than the average NFL player. So How's that? Uh, from the perspective of I had five surgeries, um, I had to overcome a lot of hurdles to even get to the NFL. It wasn't a smooth sailing for me. I had to endure a lot, but which made me who I am today. Kind of just made me the person who I am. Um, so now I'm a filmmaker. Now I'm a creator, creative yeah. director, pho photographer, videographer. Whatever you want to, wherever you want to call it. But um, I made that transition from the field to where I'm at now, and I feel more fulfilled. You know because. I think, you know, God's puts you through certain things in life and that's what the, you know, going through those injuries and setbacks and, you know, I had an addiction too mm -hmm. to pain medicine as well mm -hmm. from all my injuries and I became dependent and I was taking it and abusing it and then it became somewhat of a, something that was a part of me mm -hmm. because, you know, with all the injury, I forgot who I was, you know, I was torn, so that was my outlet. But that's the story and the narrative that a lot of, of you know, the coverage of ESPN and NFL networks and the CBS Sports and all those major networks don't really see. Mm. You know, they, they see the... That's guy. weird because they're interested in drama. Yeah. What I'm seeing is like on the American TV, it's like drama, drama, drama. So your story is a good story of drama. Yeah, it's a great story of drama, but it's true. Like it's I know. No, no, I know. <laughs> I know. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm not saying... I mean, I... Is that... What I'm saying is that it looks like they're only looking in from one perspective like from one angle right. at the whole sport and only show athletes when they're their best and when they're like actually doing the amazing action of like running shooting catching the ball or whatever but you don't see what's behind the stage mm -hmm. and i have a lot of uh, similarities with that for me for example it comes up when People are like, oh, can you come and perform for me? And they're like, oh, it's, it's only five minutes, you know? And I'm like, well, yeah, but it's going to cost you that much money. And they're like, well, come on, it's only five minutes of your time. No, to, to get to where I am, it's 25 years of my time. Exactly. And that's the dedication that it took me. And I feel that what you're describing is that we're like taking that out of the equation, like how much sweat and, and soul you're putting into what oh, you're yeah. doing to get to that level. Mm -hmm. That's definitely true. I mean, people always see the end product. They never see the the journey, the right. journey, the process, the long nights, the setbacks, the hurting the same knee again or breaking the same a foot, but the opposite one. You know, it's just wow. over and over setbacks. They don't see that. So five injuries, five. What? No, five, five. Five official five, listed. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So right. right. Listed, but um. I've torn my hamstrings, quads, broke both my feet, half screws in them still, you know, torn like slight meniscus in my right knee, left knee, pinky is jacked up, no tendons, concussion, lacerated kidney. Wow. And, and so, I mean, I've been through hell and back, man, but it, it made me who I am. It made me the person. Yeah, no, and, and that I totally agree with you because I have the same feeling uh, of like all the hard stuff we go through life are actually teaching us about ourselves and help, I mean, growing help us grow right i'm wondering is most of those hurdle happen on the field or in training or you know what i mean yeah 
Major, to be completely honest, majority, one of them was on the field, which is the lacerated kidney. Mm. Um, and that was in college, but all of my major injuries came from overworking. Yeah. Working too hard because right. pushing so hard. Yeah, I had a label on my Why? back. Why? Why? Is it is it you pushing yourself too high? No, or is it the demand? Demands, me pushing myself, self demands, demands from the media, demands from fans. I was rated the top receiver coming out of the US when I was coming out of high school. So shit. I was that's a lot pressure. of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. Coming from Chicago, you know, we don't really have too many guys to come out and be you know, ranked of that, you know, stature. Number so, one, yeah. Um, I had a sub- great support system. They kept me humble, but to a certain degree, you know, it's hard to deal with that. So I got I got humbled along the way. You know, as soon as I got to L.A. and went to USC, and it was just like a boatload of injuries. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just God's humble. It was just God humbling me. Um, but I, I went through a, a, t- a lot of turmoil. So, yeah. Um, I'm asking you all those questions to understand where you're coming from because – I feel it's going to help us understand where you're heading. Right. You know, um, for, for me, I, um, I'm not comparing what I did to you, but I can, uh, I experience some similarities. And, but I realized that for me, I, I, there were no demand outside of me, you know, like no, there's no system that was like asking for me to be that good but I was still being very extremely uh, harsh on myself and putting the, my, the level of my own expectation with myself so high, much higher than anyone else was asking for. Mm-hmm. And, but I was conscious of the international level and like how much in good you need to get to get to a certain s- spot. And I wanted to get to the top. So I was, I would, put that pressure on myself that's why I'm interested about you like how are you are you also like that like pre- you know putting that yeah pressure I mean on yourself? of course I, that, that's why I was putting that's why majority of my injuries were off the actual playing field it was in off-season training mm. because of on top of what you have is that added self-push you know you you so hard on yourself already had that ingrained in me so at the media Right, family, friends, people from the outside pulling right. me like you know you should, you'll be this and I'm projected first round this. Not even right. playing one down of football in college, so yeah, man, it was a lot of pressure. And um, but now I look at it, look back on those days that now that where I'm at today, I'm, I've, I've grown from it. I've endured a lot at a young age, and I'm only 26, mm-hmm. but I've been through so much in this time span that it's made me who I am today mm-hmm. and who I'm becoming. How- how are you dealing with that pressure on yourself now? Now that you're out of the NFL and all that, and now that you, no, nobody's asking you to go work out. Right. You're doing it for yourself, right? Yep. Are you still extremely hard on yourself when you're working out, or are you chilled about it? I mean, I'm not as hard as, as I was on myself now. I think now I'm more, I'm more like work smarter, not harder. Uh-huh. I don't have to sit here and be running 23 miles per hour on a treadmill to please someone and to get back right. on the team. I don't have to work out to meet someone else's expectations. I'm working out for for me, right. for self happiness. And how is that? It's great. <laughs> yeah. It's great. Yeah, I don't. It's great, man. It's great to have your own sense of uh, self love and self worth and value yourself without having someone else value you uh-huh. and labeling you. Uh-huh. Yeah. Cause I'm feel I'm 39 
And so I've been juggling for 25 years and I'm realizing that now it's hard for me to shift, you know, because I've been training so much in one mindset that it's challenging to shift your mindset. You know what I mean? Like this, it's, right. do, do you experience the same thing? Like, like you, when you put yourself through like, uh, you know, like 10 years of practice in one way and suddenly you're like switching out of it, how, what's your process? Switch, switching out of uh, I think my process wasn't even about switching it was about just probably transferring it so I just transferred my work ethic that I had that got me to the league uh-huh. that drive and will and determination and just put it into In what I'm business. doing now is film and yeah it's the same thing it's just now the only thing that I've been figuring out is how to maneuver in this new field without stepping on toes because of who I quote-unquote was and uh-huh. people look at that as Oh, you only here and made it this far because you, you know, made it, it was in the NFL. It's like, no, I, I really built what I have now from the ground up. You know, mm-hmm. of course, I leverage the NFL to some degree, but they do the same with me. So <laughs> I figured that, you know, I'm going to be smart in this aspect and, you know, build a team. And uh, I'm always, I'm very team oriented. It's not about me. I went from playing a sport that kind of glorified me as a person mm. to doing something now where I'm, you know, glorifying God first, but also acknowledging my team. You know, it's not yeah. about me. I'm I'm one vessel, but the people who I'm touching in my, in my circle, I want to make them better. So what I'm doing now is totally different from what I was doing the majority of my life and career. Like this is more purposeful, you know, it's, I, I got something that I'm, I'm standing for. Mm-hmm. And what is it you're standing for? Man, everybody that's from Chicago that, you know, feel that they can't make it out uh-huh. or any athlete that has trans, you know, retired and is going to struggle. Yeah. Then with that transition, that's what I stand for. Everybody that has endured or went through some form of pain. So mm-hmm. I want to be looked at as someone that's like a, a beacon of hope. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So are, what's, the, what's the name of your company? Chasing Greatness Productions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what's the do do you have like a a goal with that like a what kind of movies what kind of documentaries what kind of videos you want to make with that or is it Well, we're a documentary based production house where we tell, you know, authentic stories. Mm-hmm. Um we're very real and I must be getting somebody at the door. Yeah. Hello? Yeah. Can can you send the Yes, please. I don't want to lose my train of thought. We was talking about um, about your your company, yeah. uh, chasing greatness yep. and the documentaries you're you're doing. You know, it's uh, funny. I had a meeting with a guy yesterday. I've been meeting with all these film directors. It's kind of further along because mm-hmm. I'm still in like, I, I know I'm I've done a lot of great things as mm-hmm. far, but I, I still I don't move around like look at these. Right. Like right. I still I'm still that kid to take notes and right. meetings. Like yeah, hey, bro, learning. like learning. But uh, I met with this guy. He grilled me yesterday. Oh yeah. He was a, he's Curiosity Productions. He built the same thing as mine, uh-huh. my company, 10 years later. Wow. What I envisioned, I was just, just like, damn, man, this is where I want to be. Wow. But I met with him, and I didn't have a lot of answers. I had the answers, but I wasn't thorough. He was like, you need to change your language. Uh-huh. Like, what you're saying isn't, I know what you're saying. I just watched the movie. That's why we meet. And that's why we, that's what he said. Right. Like, you're here for a reason. Right. Act like it. Be you. Like, sometimes it's not just you selling your movie. It's you selling you. Uh-huh. which is being yourself being yourself so many years but I couldn't even be this person because owners coaches yes yes we should talk about that too yes let's totally let me check this time up Kim yeah shout out my my dog went to Soho house hi good how are you I had a nice little fun spot too but I was so bad I was like hey 
<laughs> Dang, man, that's cool. I like the setup, though. This is nice. Yeah, so, Cyro Kemp is one of my shooters. Really awesome. cool guy. How you doing, man? Good, good. Welcome. Well, you just said something very interesting about, like, being yourself. And, like, you're actually in a process of responding to everybody else's um, expectations. And even in your company, selling a documentary, you're, like, selling the documentary. And now you're having a new perspective on it being like, oh, maybe I just need to be myself. Right. And have people understand who I am. And what am I? What's my purpose? And so then, then they can get to eventually to the documentary. What made you? I mean, why is it hard to be like that for um, you? For me, I, w- I was saying it's hard to be yourself in in a situation where if you have had five surgeries and you was once this one player that the world loved and. You know, you was this five star, this that guy, and you was making all these crazy plays, but you get hurt. Mm-hmm. So your body goes through a transformation. Mm-hmm. So you try to rehab, right? You get back, but you don't get back right the way it once was. But you fight, you fight, and then another injury, another injury happens, and another one. So along the way, you lose confidence. Mm-hmm. And during that time period, I lost a lot of confidence in myself. I lost confidence in my ability, the same ability that got me to where I was at because the coaches wasn't rocking with me. They was acting different with me. Mm. I was sensing the energy in the locker room. You mm. know, it, players know. Like, players know players. It's a it's a vibe that you get. And so along that way, you lose your confidence. So, again, when it goes back to that question of why couldn't I be myself is because the person who is myself is right here, mm-hmm. which is vibrant, outgoing, energy, you know, spreading love and helping others be great. When your confidence is in there, that's just like you, you just walk around like a tail, you know, like a dog with his tail tucked underneath them because of everything that I endured. Mm-hmm. But it took a while to get the strength and the courage to make that movie because I want I'm talking about uh, a past that everybody masks, right? I had mm-hmm. an addiction. It's something that you just don't talk about. You keep to yourself and you go Absolutely. to AA meetings. And I Absolutely. felt like my AA meeting was me creating sg2 mm-hmm. and just putting it out to the world that was my way of releasing and because the more you talk about a problem the more you further yourself away from it mm-hmm. especially situations like that mm-hmm. so um my confidence was back and it took a while to get it back but it, my confidence came back with my transition and finding myself in film that's powerful man that's powerful because especially in our day and age like the demand from the society from outside from social media from the tv from whatever is so much perfection like they want to just see a perfect image of you the perfect you and that everything's fine and that's something that i feel also is um it was so hard for me when i got injured for example because from the outside unless you know you have a broken arm and your arm is like 90 degree on the uh, on the wrong direction right. you don't see it nobody can see it from the outside you're the only one feeling the pain from inside exactly. from within and because of that sometimes it's it's a mind fuck because it's like you, you want to share that but you, you you can't because nobody is in your body experiencing what you're experiencing 
and injuries can be so uh, hard to handle because of that. Yeah. I mean, I felt yeah, injuries. That many times. I mean, it is definitely hard to handle, um, especially when people would be like, "Oh man, it's just a you know, it's just an ankle, or it's just a <laughs> just you know, you should be good, fight through it." And so you take that into account. Then you take injections into your knee into account. You take tortoise shots into your right butt cheek into account. You take in four to six pain pills a day to get through pain into account. It's a lot that goes into yeah. it. It's a lot that goes into these injuries yeah. that people from the outside don't see. Yeah. They don't see what athletes go to go through to play right. on Sundays. Like why you think certain guys when you see them walking through the locker room they come right back out. It wasn't just no magic wand. Mm. Like it, they got a magic shot mm. in their magic ass cheek. Mm. So. There you go. Yeah. That's all the time. They go into the tents, these concussions. That was my last injury, and that was an injury that I'm still feeling affected by. I get migraines all the time. Yeah. I've already had that in my history of my family with headaches. So it's a lot that goes with this yeah. sport, you know. So when you get an injury, the hard part for me was to learn to slow down and when to start again practicing. So did you have the pressure of like when you're injured to keep practicing anyway? Man, all the time. Like, right. And then even if they would say, you know, rest, you know, come back when you're ready, you got to take into account your inner competitiveness. Like, yes, you just want to compete. You watching your brothers practice and you're not playing. You know what I'm saying? You you're like, oh, I can just fight through a little bit. That was me. That was why I so, never really got back to me because I would really be hurt, but I would really come back faster than what I should have because everybody would either pressure. You know, I got people back home. I got, you know, people that's like pushers on the side, like, you know, that, you know, taking care of me. I didn't know what all this stuff was. So now it's like I got these people pushing me and I'm fighting through stuff. So I'm taking pills to practice and play. Mm -hmm. So that was me. While being in pain, yep. while yep. being hurt. That's the hard part. And, and also you have a short lifespan, right? Like when you're uh, an athlete at that level, like you're not going to do that until you're 65 years old. Like right. obviously you have a life. So there's this pressure to, to take in consideration too. So right now when you're, you did a documentary on that. Mm -hmm. Well, not solely on uh, opioid addiction, mm -hmm. just my career, my story, which, mm -hmm. uh, which in, you know, included that that narrative because that was that was my truth and I wanted mm. to release it. So is it available? Yes, yeah, it's, it's right now available on YouTube. Um, it's on my page. It's on our website, awesome. which is chasinggreatnessproductions.com. Awesome. Um, my crew, uh, shout out to Lorenzo. Um, who else was on the set for the shoot? It was uh, Mike. Um, and then my camera crew already who I have with me right now is Kevin Kemp. Miguel and my manager Abby. So it's a team effort. You know, we mm -hmm. everything that I do I always acknowledge my team. Um, and then Lorenzo Salas is my creative director too. So he was one of the main reasons we got shifting gears off the ground because we was working together. When I was first started off, I was doing vlogs mm -hmm. for um, a company that does insurance and they're trying to make insurance sexy again. So I just put my flavor on it. I was doing tons of work for little or no money. But during that process, I was learning how mm -hmm. to tell stories. Mm -hmm. I was mm -hmm. learning how to, you know, engage with the subject and make the subject who I was filming look probably better than what they was and you make them look a little bit, you know, make them look a little sexy a little, but that's what, what I do. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I was learning how to work on Final Cut and do these 12 to 15 minute short movies, not knowing that it was preparing me to tell my own story. 
Yeah. And um, so I, I edit and do everything self-taught. You know, I went to the school of YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, I taught self-taught everything. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Do you do you want to keep bringing that kind of um, stories on the screen? Mm-hmm. Definitely want to keep, not in my stories told, but there's tons of more athletes that yeah. want to tell their stories. And a few of my guys that I've sent it to and have seen it, you know, have revealed to me that I even stuff that I didn't even know mm. we're going through the same thing. So this movie it helps, and this narrative help people come to grips. It almost right. make them like, oh man, he's going through it, so I, I can be stronger from it. So the next step from that is to tell other stories. So I yeah. want to highlight others and other athletes that are transitioning, and find that that spot, that vulnerability in them. Yeah, try to bring it out because some people look at vulnerability as weakness. Uh, for me, I look at it as a sign of strength because look where I'm at now. I'm 10 times stronger because of what I went through mm-hmm. and revealing that. So just want to find those athletes and highlight them. Well, like sharing your weakness, like w- what you're talking about is by sharing your weakness, you help people open up and get in touch with themselves and realize that they're identifying themselves in, what you, in, in your story and they're getting to it a place where they're getting more intimate with themselves in a way, I found that a strength. You know what I mean? Right. But I agree with you that there is this demand. And I, I'm still wrestling with the idea of like, where is this demand coming from? You know, in our society, where we're at, like why do we need to pretend so hard that we're so strong? Like what the fuck is this? Because that's what the society has... You know, that's the narrative that we have, you know, portrayed on especially, you know, men and then particularly black men that you're supposed to be strong. Men can't cry. You can't show a sign of you can't show a sign of weakness. It's going to make you weak. Uh, don't no, I think that's it's we need to reverse that narrative. And, you know, of course, don't be crying because you get hit on your knee and you're crying like all oh, the no, but, no, 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 but, but like yeah. you, everybody's human, bro. Like yeah. we go through stuff like we everybody goes through things in their life and they feel they have to suppress it or turn to a pill or all these drugs and certain things to um, make them feel good. When really that, you know, just, um, you just have to come in tune with yourself, you know, and, and, and put those things to the side. Um, suppressing oh, yeah. yourself and taking, you know, those drugs, you know, looking back at it, man, I, you know, it was, I was hurt, but at the same time, I was hurt mentally too from uh-huh. not playing. Like I love football, like that was, still is my heart. And so to have that taken away from like those injuries and then I just wanted to just get away from the pain. That's why I cope with it. But it wasn't right. Mm -hmm. It wasn't right. Well, you said something interesting in passing being like, I I agree with you that it's a trait that we're supposed to have like as men, but you're also saying as a black man. Right. What, I mean, I'm very ignorant on that level because mm-hmm. I'm French. And right. in France, growing up, we don't have the same relationship with uh, color and racism. We There is racism in France, but it's it's not at all uh, the same like right. the way it happened here in the States with the history of slavery and everything that uh, is still a big problem. And so I'm actually learning mm-hmm. about that. Uh, culturally, because yep. it's it's foreign to me, but I I'm understanding and slowly understanding the the problems. I would actually love to hear your experience 
Well, I, for me, you know what? I think my experience is being an African-American in, in the United States or a black man. I just identify myself as someone that um, that is a black man that's plays that played a sport that everyone looked at as this this prized possession that you know is viewed majority by white Americans mm. and we I look at the sport of football and anything we look at who's on the field majority of the time is African Americans yeah it's the majority That's what of I'm players that you see on the on the basketball courts are African Americans yeah and it's, it's crazy that we've all I think I look at it as modern day slavery and we can talk for hours about it, and I don't want to get to the whole, the whole diaspora um, of African Americans. But I just see it. I look at it's been four, it's four hundred years of slavery that our people has been enslaved. So mm-hmm. we come, we're, we're on that year now, and so you look at the scripture and the Bible, and you know it's a lot of stuff that's been rewritten. Uh-huh. You know, it's a lot of stuff that knowledge that we don't know because a lot of our people we don't read. We lack knowledge because we don't read. And so for me, I'm still learning, you know, my heritage and my history. But I think as far as my experience, I haven't really I've I've experienced some racism in the sense of uh, just me being a a light skinned man and certain things that come different to us. And, uh, you know, especially athletes, we get looked at a little bit different. But being a character that I am, sometimes people envy that and people hate on you. And, you know, just because of who you are. Mm hmm. And that's just not just uh, racism, but that's just in general. Right. But our people, man, we today to this day is just a little racism has never died. No, that that's what I'm. It's never died. It's just, it's just dressed up differently now. We got it, phones now. We got we're able to see it. Kids are dying, you know, every day. People on the south side of Chicago, we killing ourselves, and it, and, and it's sad. But when you look back at slavery, it's a Willie Lynch letter out there, and then these these KKK people and. They laughing at us because they come to our communities. They ain't got to do nothing. Mm-hmm. When you look at they, we killing ourselves. Right. We killing right. ourselves, and we need to stop. Right. And one of the reasons and ways we're trying to do that, we have a basketball league this summer mm-hmm. um, that we're doing June sixteenth um, on Father's Day. It's called Anybody Can Get It League, and it's on the South Side at Urban Prep, and it's in one of the toughest neighborhoods of Chicago, mm-hmm. the heart of tough, and to to put on a camp. At this magnitude in a, in, a, in a city like this in Chicago, we all come together in, in peace. Mm-hmm. We it needs to be seen, and so. Um, are, are you part of this? Yeah, I'm a part. Of, we just shot a commercial Friday. I shot me and my crew. Um, Abby uh, was my manager, project manager. Miguel Kemp, Lorenzo, we all put on a promo video for this league to show people and let people know that we're trying to bring peace and through this basketball awesome. and sport. Yeah, it's it's gonna be June 16th, Father's Day. It's gonna be a pretty pretty cool deal. That's awesome. Yeah. So it is for the neighborhood, but mm-hmm. also to bring attention from outside of the yep. neighborhood, the 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 city, the 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 country. Right. On that to like so what's the next step with racism, I guess, and what you're describing about like um the unhealthy um uh, habits and reactions that happen because yeah. you're saying like we're killing ourselves yeah. and it's true that if you I mean I'm really I don't know anything about it but it touches me because in France it's a very social country so we do try to include everybody and exclusion is not part of our the v- French values yeah. and I took that for granted for a long time and 
after traveling the world and seeing different, you know, countries and cultures, I'm realizing, oh, this is not granted, you know, like yeah. not everybody or every, everywhere is doing that. And France is not a perfect country at all, but like at, there is this social aspect that we, we do try to have. And so I feel like every time I hear some people talking about those dilemmas and problems here in the States, I, I, I never hear a solution. Like I never hear a f- path forward. I know. I think, and I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of our president um, for the simple fact that we're trying to, what you just mentioned, exclude, create a wall to keep right. people out, people who are a part of this country, people who have slaved for this country, people who have, who one of your hardest workers who probably work for you. Like, these people are people just like me and you. Mm-hmm. So I don't look at no one any differently, but I think for the country as a whole is just more inclusion, more love. It's mm-hmm. too much hatred going on. For mm-hmm. what? And we live in a world full of hate, but we also live in a world that's full of distractions, social media. So as far as this turn, you hear the word woke, stay woke. Uh, I think I'm at a stage where I'm just, I'm a little bit more woke now because mm-hmm. I'm not listening to like the world and what's going on in it. I'm not into flashy cars and like mm-hmm. jewelry. I used to be into all that stuff. Now I'm trying to revamp my life mm-hmm. in a way that's like to help people. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm into film. You know, we create films that give hope and inspiration so as far as the world man we need more um just love yo it's it's we're losing too many people senseless how do we do that <sighs> music too i think music is a big influence on the world as you know it's crazy you know I, you know it's not crazy it's true it's true it's i true. went to coachella last year not coachella i'm sorry um lollapalooza for mm. the first time and i was i think virgil was doing a set and i was around a whole bunch of people that i didn't know Mm-hmm. white, black, Asian, purple, pink, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. had a great time. Mm-hmm. It was music that brought us together. Mm-hmm. Fun, joking, laughing, hugs. Uh, granted, probably some of the people's on drugs, but um, I was there just for the love mm-hmm. because music, whether those kids were on drugs, anything, whatever, I think it was a one moment where I was with a kid and um, with the, the song from Kanye is called Ghost um, from his album, um, it was like I put my hand on the stove and nothing hurts anymore. Mm-hmm. It's basically like when you put your hand on the stove, mm-hmm. of course you're supposed to burn, but it's like nothing hurts anymore when you're in a moment like that. I was with this kid and we, we sang it together and I was just like, I don't know this kid, he's from Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Like, but it was in that moment it was peace and mm-hmm. love. Well, nobody trying to hurt nobody. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just think music can be the thing that influences and changes because our young generation listens to music every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we talk Absolutely. about negative stuff. So absolutely. Um, I think art and, you know, art in general. And one thing is like education. I feel like um, we can change the world through education, through educating, you know, and I'm one. One thing that I'm thinking about, how do you educate people to love? How do you, you know, how do you teach or how do you help people get more? aware of like it's not that necessary to put out this image of yourself as being so tough and so strong and that it's okay to be vulnerable not in a way that you're weak but in a way that you're being intimate with yourself and honest and i feel that today that's what touches people is honesty when you're honest with yourself and also in order to do that you have to respect yourself 
right? right. Because I think like just being tough and uh, I, I'm going to talk for myself, like being tough and pushing through injuries and keep going on stage and doing my job, even though I was hurting. And I, the smart thing to do would, was to slow down. This made me tough and this made helped me gain respect from uh, other artists. But at the same time, it was disrespectful to myself because in the end, that's what I, w I was hurting myself. Right. Yeah. I mean, I yeah, you definitely gain respect from your peers, but I, I, for me, football, when you, you gain respect from your peers because you're fighting through it, but you don't gain respect from your coaches because you got to look at you going to practice, and if you still hurt, you're putting that on film. Yeah, I was out there playing, looking like not myself, mm. and I knew that wasn't me. And mm. the coach is like, why are you ain't doing certain things? Like, I'm trying, like, but I can't, go, I can't say, coach, I'm still hurt, man. Like, mm -hmm. I can't run that route the way you want me to, mm -hmm. but – Deep down, your your competitiveness is like, I'm good, I'm good, coach. And on film, you're looking at yourself like that's not me. Mm -hmm. like, I'm fighting through, I'm, I'm 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 going through pain. Like my, my hip can't lift up. Like it's just a whole bunch of stuff. How so, would you teach that to someone else? Teach what? How to recognize um, that that tipping point where you're like respect yourself first. Do we need to change the whole freaking system? Or yeah. can we teach? I think that for the athletes, young. there's a difference between being hurt and then injured. Right. Like it's hurt. You know, that's the difference between being hurt or in pain. Right. Like in pain, it's like soreness. You know what I'm saying? A little yeah. bit. You can that's fight normal. through that. Everybody goes through that. Yeah. Hurt is what I play with all the time, uh -huh. which made other things hurt. So pain and soreness, like, of course, that's, that's easy. Like I'm yeah. very mentally strong. But like, I was more, I got more mentally strong because I played through injuries. Right. Like stuff clacking in my knee. Right. I could feel it moving around. Right. I'm still playing. Right. But I was getting aspirated with this long needle. Right. Yeah, bro. It was, I, ain't, I don't miss that. <laughs> I don't miss that I at bet. all. I, I bet. Miss, I don't miss that. Because sometimes I'm feeling like, how do you change a whole culture, you know, that's like, um, praising and validating this toughness this mental and physical toughness and 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 bring in different value a different set of values i think you i think the way to change that narrative is let me keep telling that narrative right let me keep highlighting athletes that are vulnerable in a sense and they want to talk about it because i will moderate that conversation because by someone seeing my story, they will get strength from it. And that's how you change the narrative. But it has to be not just me. It has to be someone else in the next state doing it, the next athlete. I mean, not every athlete is going to be a transition filmmaker, but I like to have every athlete, you know, come to grips with their careers mm -hmm. being over. Mm -hmm. And if they want to talk and tell their mm -hmm. story, we'll, we'll be here. So That's amazing, man. Yeah. I, I mean, I really love it because that has a – higher purpose right to me like this is a higher purpose because it's 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 about touching the whole the whole world the whole society the whole culture and it's aiming in a direction that's for the best for the better right yeah i love it man i think uh 26 you're 26 yeah 26 be 27 next month well, congrats. Yes, yeah, sir. Um, I'm old man. Yeah, old, old man. man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Well, so you, you got to tell me about this juggling, man. I, I, I mean, I want to know more about how, because you, you, you said you want to just not just juggle anymore. You want to incorporate inspiring people. Yes, right? yes, yes, yes. Because, I mean, juggling at the level I've been juggling is kind of similar to be a, an athlete right. high level because if I stop, uh, I, I just lose it. You know, you, to, to, when you achieve a level, you have to, people don't realize the amount of um, practice you need to put in to just maintain that level. So it's not just about like getting good enough to get to a really good level, but ap after it's what, what does it take to like maintain that level? And uh, in circus, the problem is that we don't have seasons. It's like on all the time. Right. I don't have down seasons, you know, like I hear like athlete going to the Olympic and it's like every four years. So they have a, like a whole game plan to get ready for the, the big day. Right. My big day is like twice a day, all the time. <laughs> every day. Every day. You know, so when I was touring with the Cirque du Soleil, it's like two shows a day, every day. So it's like there, there's no downtime. The right. downtime is like taking the plane from way, one city to another, trying to slip on a plane and like fucking your uh, sleep schedule and <laughs> then going back on stage, you right. know, in, in a new place, different altitude, different weather, different everything. One day I'm in Florida, the next day I'm in like thousand meter high in Colorado. So you gotta travel with immune pills and the, your, your, your uh, yeah, vitamin yeah, right. C levels, everything gotta be up. Yeah, exactly. And then, um, Unfortunately, we don't have s all the support system that comes with uh, big athletic teams, you know, like it big athletic teams. You have like doctors, you have chiropractors, you have like all the, those guys around you to help you be at your best. Right. The only time I had a little bit of that was when I was touring with the Cirque du Soleil and I toured with them like a year and a half and then that was it. But my entire career, I was just by myself. Yeah. So you have to figure that out by yourself. So I'm talking about all that to to say like, I've been doing that for 25 years and now I'm I'm fatigued. Like I'm I'm tired of that. Like my brain, my, my, my mental, my dedication, it's like, I could keep doing it, but there's so many things that I'm missing on, like being in one place, having right. a family, creating True. a community around me of friends, because, you know, when you're on the road, you're on the road. Right. That's it. You know, like and and I, I put aside a lot of the values that, like that are important to me, like family, uh, uh, creating a, a community around me, like all that. I put it aside just to to be as good as possible and to keep touring. So now my value system is changing. So I need to like revisit how, how I'm going to do that. Yeah. So the idea is to also be talking and sharing my story, you right. know, my, my story, like a little bit of what I just told you, but also like what it takes to become a juggler, the failure, uh, being self-taught, all of those things, like what I learned, all the values and skills that I learned actually are life skills. Right. You know, it's like exactly like you, like you've been through so much in, in such a short amount of time, but this is actually life lessons right and anyone can learn those life lessons but in a different way and in a different time span what makes i feel what makes you really special is that you went through that 
in a few years mm-hmm. when actually you know like it's probably a lifetime that you learn yeah. in a couple of years it was expedited man i got my life expedited yeah in those years it was like god was like i'm gonna give you your life in five years boom <laughs> and then i'm still 26 yeah. which is cool because that makes me now with a business now um to go in it differently than mm-hmm. I did when I went in it when it was all glitz and glamour. Like I'm mm-hmm. now I'm going back into that same glitz and glamour, but I'm just humbler. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I put everything on my team. I hate being in conversations where people would, you know, want to praise me, blah, blah, blah. If I'm around Abby or my manager, I would put it on her. Cause mm-hmm. it's, I don't like attention like that. I don't, I just, I always acknowledge someone else because to be honest, why probably you acknowledging me is she's the reason. Absolutely. In some way, form, or fashion, she made it happen. Yeah, absolutely. That's how we roll. Um, I feel like I'm the the leader on my team. I got to be the the one that pulls up pulls us along. But yeah. I don't go without someone helping me. I didn't get to where I met without someone in my life, and I, a lot of women in my life too. Mm-hmm. Um, Abby, my mother, especially, is the number one reason why where I'm at today. Her strength, her will, her fight, and my dad. Um, with his work ethic, seeing mm-hmm. him wake up at 3 a.m. every morning, Shit. do the same thing, and kiss me in the cheek, me and my sister. So I know the values, and that's what I'm aiming for now to try to bring those same core values in, under CGP and my team. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's powerful, man. Mm-hmm. That's powerful. Yeah, it's it, in a way like you went through uh, glamour really fast and then you got your dose for life. <laughs> and now you can be like, yeah. okay. Uh, it took me much longer to get over my ego, I, I, I must admit. You know, it took me much longer, maybe also because in the circus it's not as powerful as yeah. you've been through. You know, right. it was like more diluted through time. But it took me a long time to come to those values and realization like, oh, it, I, I'm a part of life, the yeah. system, the family, the, the community. Like I'm a part of it. I'm not the only one or I'm not alone. I'm, uh, it's not all about me. But right. I used to think a lot like that. I used to think a lot like, you know, it's all about me. Yeah. I'm I'm I'm. You know, I'm the one and everybody should just bend to my will and whatever I want. And doing so, I hurt a lot of people. And I heard a lot of people like that were the closest to me. Yeah, That's the weird thing about it is like mm-hmm. every time when you hurt deeply people, it's actually the people you love most. Yeah. Hurt so people, hurt people. Yeah. You ever heard that? Hurt people, hurt people? No. Yeah, I mean, I I dealt with that too. Yeah. You know, me being hooked on those pain mats, it made me another person. Mm-hmm. So whoever I was dealing with during that time, that wasn't me. Mm-hmm. So those women are probably, and I was dealing with so many women at the time and like in L.A. and even in Chicago and relationships that um, I was hurting them because mm-hmm. I was still hurt. I didn't know who I was because mm-hmm. I was for so many years in football, you know, you this person, this football player, then you take into account you mask and pain with this medicine. So I'm like, man, I got these women. I don't I just never really knew who I was mm-hmm. until now. And I'm still growing and becoming and life is still gonna it's an ongoing process. Mm-hmm. But um those that person then, you know, it's a difference now because I'm not I don't have nothing cloud in my mind and my judgment. And then relationships f- I had to let them go. Yeah. How do you feel about the past your past self? 
I'll do it again. Yeah. Yeah, just because it made me who I am now. Yeah. I could have not got hurt and went to the league in the two year, three years they said I would, and then had the nice cars and the cribs and living nice, but I wouldn't have met Abby, I wouldn't have met Kemp, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have met you, or I wouldn't have, you know, went to my middle school and, and, and shared love this past weekend. I wouldn't have did a lot of things that mm-hmm. were purposeful. Mm-hmm. It would have just been for me. Mm-hmm. And I ain't I don't I ain't with all that no more. I ain't I ain't cool to me. I like sharing moments with others, not just I want to bring a, a people along with me. Yeah, so that's that's what I'm aspiring to also in my my next step of like bringing um, speech and, and motivational speaking. But it's not really motivational in a sense that I, I don't want to just force people to be motivated right. i just want to like share my story and they do as they please exactly because right. i feel like it's important to give space to people to like choose what their next step is you know it's like i'm i'm not a prophet or a guru and i don't know what's right for everyone i just know what i've been through and the lessons that i learned myself and i want to share those And then if people are ready, they can hear it and change themselves. But, it, you know, like, who, I feel we're in a society that demands a lot of results. You know, it's like, oh, that's who you are. So now I want to see who you can convince, who you can change their life, who you can shove whatever you have upon them. Right. I I don't feel that's the end goal. You know, the end goal is really like sh- sharing right. and, and then letting go of whatever happens afterwards. Yeah, I mean, I, I made my movie, bro, and honestly with the intention of just helping people. Yeah. Um, and as far as judgment, that's on anybody, you know, because I've been judged my whole career. I've been called bust, blah, blah, this and that. He's too slow. Uh-huh. He's injury prone. He can't stay healthy. I, I don't really care no more. It's mm. just about I know who I am today. Mm. I know the man that I'm becoming. I know who I have in my life. Um, I know what I want. Mm-hmm. And so that's all I, I know who I serve to. I know that I still got some things I got to work on. But where I'm at now, me making that movie, people judge. I mean, that's just where we live in. It is what it is. Like you said, you put your story out there, let the chips fall where they may. I just know that it's touching people. Mm-hmm. You just got to be confident in that. So Yeah, I feel the same way with what I do is like, especially now like I, I don't have expectations anymore when I perform I I truly don't care if people like it or don't because I know that what I'm doing I'm doing it for myself and right. I'm doing what I'm doing is I, I know that what I'm doing is good and that what I'm doing means something to me and I let go of like yeah I, the expectation man expectations are so heavy yeah it's the same thing like you went through so much expectation in your life yeah that you're like okay i had i had my full quote of like that's it i'm done i i never had expectations my whole even when i got all the labels my mom when i was growing up didn't tell me who was coming to my birthdays she did it purposely so Uh like i didn't expect anyone to come Uh so like when they didn't show up i was just like okay Uh-huh. I still got this little party y'all through, but I don't know. I didn't know who was coming. So throughout my life, they 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 dealt with me that same way. And I've now I'm conditioned that way. It's like I don't 
whether this project did super great or it's going to do great, I just always stay right here. Mm-hmm. I never get too high, I never get too low, because people disappoint you. Mm-hmm. You know, people let you down, you know. I've been let down so much, so, but I've never really been, I let it get to me. I just like, just keep it, keep it pushing. You know, people disappoint. So when your expectation is always even, you never really get, it's just kind of just like, whatever oh. with it. So you attribute that, like you attribute the fact that you're able to keep on pushing no matter what the hassles you're having on the road to having your expectation like set in a proper way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I mean, that's condition. I mean, I was not too high, not too low. Yeah. My mom and my parents be at my games and at the time they would, everybody's trying to Kyle, 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 but they'll be watching my family in the stands to see their reaction to their son. Mm. Like, see, you know, like my mom wouldn't get like, oh, that's my baby, that's my right. baby. She's just like, right. sit there and clap, do a little small clap, because people are preying on my downfall, the family's downfall. Mm. Like, drama, oh, drama, like, right? Oh, yep, yeah, she used to be at the games doing all blah, blah, this, laughing, you know, like she don't give nobody nothing, mm. nothing. My mom is a, a G. Mm. She, she does that to protect her kids and her family. She don't want nobody getting into touch with the family and having this to say. Like, well, she was always, t- she don't talk about her son. She sounds really smart. She's sweet as gold. Wow. She's sweet. But when we in the house in those four walls, we show all the love and praise, you know, all my hard work and fun. But that's amongst us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't do it outside and boast. And I don't do that. We never been that. That's how we kept that structure around the family. Are you looking for it to have kids? Me? Heck yeah. Not now, though. Yeah? Not now. Not now, but like... When yeah, I'm, I won't have kids. Yeah, yeah. I, won't, I ain't not now, though. No, no, I I mean, you have time, but... Got time. I mean, actually, I got my first kid when I was 26. Oh. When I was your age. Well, you just called it for me. Just now. Yeah. <laughs> you just called it for me. <laughs> I'm 26, bro, so I got a couple more days to just make sure I strap up. <laughs> <laughs> no, take your time. I, 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 was, I went really fast. I had no idea what I was doing. And I was not at, at your... Yeah. <laughs> That's what she said. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh, and I, yeah, I, I just went for it anyway. Um, Can I check that time? I want to make sure I check the clock. Yeah, because it seems like with, um, with the... the, the, the parents you're you're the mom you had the parents the family you have and you had when you were a kid and you still have now that it looks like you have a i would be interested to hear you one day as a father to see like what's your perspective you know because it's one thing to receive an education and it's another thing to give an education it looks like you received a pretty interesting education based on what you're saying with your mom and not not knowing the list of friends coming to your birthday party. Like, yeah. I, I actually never thought of that. Like, yeah. I never heard a story like that and never thought of that. But the way you're describing it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah like, it wasn't. Wow. Yeah, it was, a, it was a little unorthodox. And, uh, I didn't know. <laughs> I knew my friends, but I just didn't put expectations on my yeah. friends because my mom didn't for me. So, um, yeah, my mom raised me very... Um, Like, I wouldn't say they raised me strategically. Yeah, they did. They did because uh. they wanted to protect me. And then it was good that they did that 
given what I went through. Yeah. You know, what my life had. Yeah, you're lucky you know, to, to, to have They didn't some know structure. I was going to go be the number one player in the nation. They didn't. Right. Nobody knew that. Right. I did, though. Uh-huh. But. You were uh, determined. Yeah. Right or right. When I had got a little piece of, like, some love, uh, I ran with it. Because uh-huh. I knew I could be. I knew I could be great. Uh-huh. But um, I just put I put the work in though, and uh-huh. nothing handed to me, so they just believed in me. That's all. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's amazing. Yeah, man. So I got eleven minutes. We're good. Yeah, we got eleven. <laughs> the the parking is sticking. Yeah, man. Look, and we need to get Chica- the car Chicago, before man. Chicago takes the car. Yeah, they be tripping, dog. <laughs> Ticket last week. Abby with your headphones look so cute, yeah. You see Abby with her headphones. Man, well, um, thank you so much. Man, thanks uh, for having me. Thank man. you was, so much for pleasure. coming, talking about your story. Um, I'm going to take all the, um, I mean, if you want to say your website or anything. Uh, website, uh, chasinggreatnessproductions.com. My handle on Instagram is k2p21. Our company Instagram handle is at C, is it C underscore G underscore P-R-O-D, C-G prod. Cool. Um, so that's where we're located. Yeah. And I'm going to write everything in the show notes. Man, I can't wait to watch the documentary and keep watching whatever comes out of uh, the company, your production company. It's, it's, I mean. Thank you, man. Talking about higher purpose. That's, that's awesome. Life will do it to you. Life would do it to you, man. But it's good, though. I appreciate you having me, bro. Thank you. Awesome. My dog. Thank you, bro. Thanks, man. All right. So Kyle had to go uh, before his car got towed away. But um, I'm really glad we could dig into some of those questions that I've been asking myself and that I'm still learning about and hearing his point of view and his experience and how he came out of it and and how his i think still like dealing with it and growing from it is pretty amazing um so my usual little litany if you find this podcast valuable you can support it you can review it wherever you listen to it you can share it on social media with your friends or you can support it directly by buying juggling stuff. Check the show notes. Everything is in there. Now, um, if you remember, every time I end the show, I say the same thing. And it might be applying um, particularly to this episode. Failure is an essential part of juggling slash life. But failing is not the problem. The problem is not learning from your failures. So get out there and juggle, fail, learn, repeat.